At least we can come back with a bang and talk about the yeah. MagSafe battery pack. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not been much going on, has there? But, yeah. Have you got one? That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll get into my thoughts well, when we start, or have we started? We've kind of started already, haven't we? Let's be we have forgotten how to do this, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just get on with it. Yeah, so hang on, let me unplug mine. It's charging at the minute, obviously. I had spent about half an hour looking for a lightning charger earlier. Um, but yeah, there it is. That's it. I wrote about it on the blog this morning. I think, I don't know if you've read it yet, but I have. I've skim read it, hopefully. Um Go, let's go go to your thoughts first and I'll kind of I would rather do it the other way around I'll tell you why because I think you're going to you're going to not like what I've got to say at all <laughs> okay fair enough um, <clears throat> I suppose the the kind of potted history of the blog post that I wrote about this is I, I get why it exists completely um, it's not for me personally but that's, that's, no, that's nothing against the product I, I just don't tend to be away from a charging point very often don't really go camping or anything um uh so i I know why it exists the biggest problem i have with it is that it's big and it's obviously attaches to your phone which in theory means you walk around with it and put it in your pocket but as soon as you do that it just feels incredibly bulky um i think whenever i have used a battery pack or power brick whatever you want to call it in the past it's just been sat on on a table and plugged into my phone or whatever and it, it does the job fine i'm not one of these people that has it kind of like with the cable dangling down your, your trousers mm. walking around um so firstly i think it's trying to solve an issue that personally i don't have i know it's not just about me um the other thing it's 100 quid which is a lot of money it's well made it's typical apple nicely designed it feels like you could throw it at the wall it probably wouldn't break um but 100 quid i think if you look at the other alternatives like the belkin and stuff they're generally about a third of the price. Um, I hate lightning. Really, really hate lightning. I hate it the more the more I buy something with lightning, I hate it more. I know why it's on this because the iPhone has lightning, but I just it annoys me enough that I have to find lightning to charge AirPods Max. So to have something mm. else is even more frustrating. Um, and then the MagSafe thing, which I, I hadn't really thought about this until I started using or trying out the wallet and, and this, which is that it doesn't align properly. I didn't oh, do that on purpose. Didn't do that on purpose either. That's, um, I think the reason for that is obviously the, the bulk of the magnet is at the top with the circle, uh, whereas below that, I think there's another little magnet here, but that doesn't seem to do anything. Yeah, um, so that, that, that sort of uh, vertical line is supposed to be for alignment. But yeah, I, mm. when you did it then, it just didn't work. Maybe it lines up better not in a case. Poss- uh, no, actually, I've tried that. It doesn't. Oh. Um, and weirdly, with the case on, this is the same thing with, with the... I've got uh, one of these um, wallet things here. It's not the official Apple one. I'm waiting for that to arrive. But this is a a terrible um, carbon fibre one. There's a reason for that, which will become abundantly clear on the channel soon. But um, that's the same. That 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 kind of nine times out of ten won't sit squarely. Um, but weirdly... Well, that's the, the new newsletter of Patreon folks have seen a sneak preview they'll know why that pile of that stuff yeah they'll know why i've got carbon fiber everything at the moment but um yeah yeah it's i don't know i won't keep going on about it i I just whether or not i'll i'll use this i've only had it for a week in fairness so my my initial impressions are after very limited use but i was just surprised by how much of an odd product it is yeah i i wasn't convinced when i saw it i looked at it and i thought 99 pounds for a battery pack. Okay, it's got magnets in it. Great. And like you say, there are alternatives. Like Anchor do one, which not only has higher capacity, but is cheaper and, you know, is also magnetic. And given that even when when it's 
um, you know, attached to the phone magnetically, it only charges at five watts, doesn't it? To keep it does, yeah. Power down, and because it's wireless charging is hugely inefficient anyway. So there's no benefit in terms of charging speed to using the official Apple solution. Um, but I, I think the small size is a benefit because if you look at the alternatives and yes, they've got higher capacities, but with that comes the bulkier size and the added weight. So I think they probably, when they were developing it, tried a number of different configurations and found that that was kind of the sweet spot. It gave you enough power to get you through to the end of the day on those occasions where you've been out from six in the morning till 10 in the evening and you're getting battery level anxiety. Mm which is what it's for, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, I, so I, I haven't got one because I looked at it and I was like, I, I, don't, I don't need that. But then Paul on the Discord, Mandatory Field, hello, Paul, if you're listening. Actually, hello, he doesn't Paul. listen. I know he doesn't listen, but like, <laughs> just in case he does at some point, hello. He better start listening. Um, he linked an, uh, an article, I think it was an iMore article, where someone had dug out their old um, lightning dock this jobby, which I, I showed on the Discord, and you were like, wow, I haven't yep. seen one of those for ages. Um, so that's been sitting in a drawer for five years because, yeah, I mean, who, who uses those? Uh, well, apart from every Apple store, obviously, in the iPhone display section. Um, and I'd, I'd forgotten it's got a headphone jack on it. Hmm. Nice. I don't know how useful that is in today's world. But anyway, if you combine the MagSafe battery pack with the classic iPhone lightning dock, well, then you've got a, a stand-up, you've got a stand, a MagSafe stand, that if you have attached a 20-watt charger, the new Apple 20-watt charger, will act as a MagSafe charging pad. So it will charge at the full 15 watts, which is quite cool. So, I mean, I, I'm... I share your frustration with anything other than USB-C or MagSafe now. In fact, I'm, I'm just, I very rarely charge my iPhone by mm. any other way. So I have got a Belkin three-in-one charging tree thing, which has got MagSafe for the phone. You can put your Apple Watch on it, and it's got a little um, tray at the bottom that you can put your AirPods or AirPods Pro with charging case on. And that's really neat an elegant solution, but it's a bit too big for the desk. So that lives on the bedside table. On my desk, I've got a MagSafe charging puck with a weighted aluminium stand. It's got like a silicone ring on the bottom so that it's, it stays put. And it's it's got enough weight that you can pick your phone up from it with one hand, which is really nice. Mm. However, when you place your phone on it, it is not sat upright it's it's a, it's got a slight incline so you can see what's on the screen but it's it kind of takes up more space than i would like it to so all this to say having seen that kind of diy magsafe slash iphone lightning dock stand i'm gonna get one because i think wow. that would uh that would be really cool so you've got your power coming into the into the lightning dock you've got your magsafe battery pack plugged into that and when it's plugged in it will charge it will just act as a charging pad uh, and, and charge at the full 15 watts 
and then you can just take it out with you and so you can just have it in your pocket and then if you do find you're out on a you know a day trip or whatever or you know long business day and you find that you're getting a little bit low you know when when <laughs> when you get down to below 20 percent, i think is when the anxiety oh, yeah. starts kicking in for a lot of people yeah um and then, well then you can just put, whip that out and then it'll get you home uh and as for the price i looked at it and i thought that's too much money when you can get a belkin or an anchor for 40 50 pounds but when you factor in that it also acts as a magsafe charging puck that doesn't look so silly because if you wanted to buy a magsafe charging puck that's 40 quid Hmm. so you're really paying 60 quid for the privilege of having a portable battery um and yeah when i'm because i'm going to combine it with this dock yeah. I think that makes quite a nice solution. It will save me some space on my desk as well. So I'm gonna, I'll get one in and I'll see see what I think. Yeah. So yeah, that's our very different thoughts to you on that one. I've sort of approached it from a different angle. But it, it was all sparked by Mandatory Field on the Discord server who alerted me to the fact you could do this. And that was a game changer for me. I discounted it completely before that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I can guarantee that Apple hadn't planned that, really. Um well, you can't need, even buy them anymore. No, you can't, can you? It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love the look of that as well. I think probably a lot of my sort of reticence about it is the fact I'm probably I'm more concerned about keeping it charged. Um, hmm. I went to try it out this morning and it was dead because I just hadn't bothered plugging it in last night. But I suppose if you did have a permanent way of charging it, which was also you know functional for charging your phone, then that, that probably gets around that issue. Um, the other thing that annoys me a little bit about it is that it's not particularly easy to find out how much is left in this. It took me ages to work it out. So when you, when you attach it to the phone, um, if you've got the, the battery widget, which I use for AirPods and stuff, <clears throat> it will give you um, an indication of how much is left in this. But it uses a lightning um, icon rather than the... I'd expect to see something like that, like a mini, you know, kind of battery pack icon or something. But... But that's pretty much the only way you can find out. There is an LED on it, which is just red if it's not fully charged and green if it is fully charged. Whereas some of the other alternatives, like the Belkin one that I mentioned earlier, that's got like the kind of um, four or five LED dots on the side of it that you can press a button and find out. I, I, I like that kind of stuff for battery. It's just, again, a little bit like the AirPods Max. I know you can talk to them and ask Siri how much battery's left in them, but I'm, I'm all for hitting a button and either being told how much is left or just seeing a visual indication of it. Um, it's all For me, it's just about convenience with battery stuff. Uh, you shouldn't have to think too much about it. Just on the subject of uh, asking Siri about battery levels, hmm. I discovered the other week that if you have got your phone on you and your watch is off on charge somewhere, you can ask Siri, what's my watch battery like? So you know whether to go and pick it up again and i know when it gets to full charge you'll get a notification anyway but sometimes you you don't want to wait till it's got to 100 percent. you just want to know oh, is it sort of 90 that'll do yeah um but it doesn't work the other way around so if you've got your watch on you and your phone is plugged in and you ask siri what battery what's my what's the battery level on my phone can't do it how weird. why yeah how odd you should better ask what the battery level is on anything shouldn't you whether it's your airpods or your phone or that is re- really odd Mm. Oh, and actually, on the on the other the subject of Siri, the, just recently the Apple published a support document for developers, telling them that a whole bunch of API functions have been deprecated. So you'll no longer be able to ask Siri to book you a cab via Uber, um, nice. and it actually it will affect a bunch of stuff in Things. I don't know how heavily you use Siri for things but you won't be able to update existing items you won't be able to delete stuff but you will still be able to add new 
to-do list items to your inbox. I wonder why. That sounds like a, a, a privacy thing, doesn't it? Potentially. Well, yeah, possibly. So there's a list of 25-odd APIs that, that, that are being removed mm. in iOS 15 for Siri. Perhaps it's something to do with the on-device on processing. Oh, yeah. Know. Possibly, yeah. That's going to annoy a lot of people, though, isn't it? That's not going to be particularly popular with a, a lot of devs and uh, mm. power users like yourself. Um, yeah, well, going back to the, the MagSafe battery, I think, yeah, let, let's get your updated thoughts once you've got yours, and yeah, that would be that'd be fascinating. Um, moving on to other stuff, there's a lot happened since we were last uh, recording. Uh, well, I say a lot, just mainly rumours and things, really. But um, one of the in, most interesting rumours recently, from my perspective, has been the, the re-emergence of the iPad mini, rumors the 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 redesign the the kind of um you know ipad air pro type design you know less bezels all the rest of it um i'm quite excited about you but i'm really excited about that i've still got an an ipad mini i think this is it's either the first or the second generation it's really really old um i haven't turned it on for a long time i might might do that just for a laugh um but i just love that size have you ever had a, a mini have you got one no, I've, I've I've never had any interest in. It. I'm I, when it comes to iPads, I'm go big or go home, and that's largely <laughs> because of my stupid little mole eyes, and I can't see anything. So I do really appreciate that bigger screen. I just love it. I, I think I love the idea of it because I think one of the best things about this, apart from just being easy to read stuff on it, um, it's the the idea of the note taking ability because because this one is so old, it doesn't support any of the, the pencils. But the idea of having the kind of um, like I say, the the air redesign that, that would be support that would support the second generation pencil for me is is quite exciting. Um, I just don't know if they're going to do it. It seems it's one of these weird rumours where it it, it was a, it was kind of swirling around at some stage earlier this year or late last year, then it disappeared and and people seem to be suggesting that the the next mini is going to look identical to the current mini, uh, but now it's back and people seem to be talking a bit more about it. Yeah, I I haven't paid any attention to that whatsoever. But it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they did bring everything in line with this new flat edge um, design thing that they seem to have going on now. Yeah, I think that, would, that would make sense to have them all looking largely the same, but with varying degrees of fancy screen and and whatnot to differentiate. I agree. Although weirdly, and this is um, coming up in a video I've got coming out this week, uh, I do have a he an eighth generation iPad here lovely gold um this was sent to me as a, a review unit but um i was quite skeptical about what i'd do with it or what i think of it and i've used it loads even though it's the, the you know about the most ipad looking ipad you can think of um massive bezels touch id on the button etc i really like it I've, I've been using it a lot um it's so so cheap um the place where the, the guys that sent me this they sell it brand new for 270 quid i think um which are an ipad's fantastic and it's fast. Okay, it hasn't got, you know, ProMotion or any of that stuff or Face ID. But I think for an iPad, for, for anyone looking for a, a really nice entry-level iPad, just getting my hand on, hands on that made me realise what's available, really. Because a bit like you, I've always gone for the Pro or more expensive iPads um, and kind of dismissed these these smaller or, or cheaper ones. But I was quite impressed by that. Yeah, so yeah, my, my, my brother has one of those um, and he loves it. And he just... <coughs> The he's obviously seen the the pros that we have here, yeah. And he's like, 
I mean, they're all nice to have, aren't they? It's mm. not worth spending three times as much, in his opinion, and that's fine because he's not quite, you know, he's not a tech, quite so into the techy geeky stuff as I am. So, yeah, and I, it's, I could quite happily do everything. You can do everything you can do on the more expensive ones. Yeah, on on the standard one, and yeah, for the money, it's it's a phenomenal device. It is, yeah. I mean, you can still attach a keyboard case to that. You can use the, the first-generation pencil. It's just, it's great. I think um, Apple get a lot of stick. I know we, we were saying, you know, 100 quid for a for a MagSafe battery pack is quite a lot. But um, they do, there are, you know, products in the lineup that are really well-priced. I think you can say, say the same thing about the Apple Watch, you know, the, the SE, uh, et cetera. Um, the, the, you know, there, there are some nice entry points. And as we know, the Mac Mini, which is still, I think, I think you, you said yourself, it's one of the most affordable ways to get a Mac and get into the Mac OS ecosystem. I I think it's one of the best things they put out in recent years. Hmm. So it was actually the the Mac Mini G4 that really got me into Macs. So when they first launched that, I put one in my basket and I was similarly, you know like I did with the with the Pride band, I just <laughs> kind of kept going, oh, should I get one? Because I was like I was proper into PCs then. I was building my own things. I was geeking out about ram specs and timings and you know all that stuff that you do when you build your own pc um but then i saw this tiny thing and it was just unbelievable for the time uh and i put it in in the basket and i said oh should i get one should i not and i kept umming and ahhing about it and then eventually they sent they said oh we noticed you keep putting this in your basket and you haven't bought it yet here's a coupon for i can't remember how much was off but like apple don't ever do that and so, I, 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 although I didn't know it at the time because I wasn't so into Apple, but you know, I've since then, Apple have never reached out to me to offer me a discount, but they did. They said, "Look, we, we noticed you've been interested in this, but you haven't bought one. Have fifty quid off or something if you buy it today." So, so I did, and I've been hooked on Mac ever since. So that was mm-hmm. the best fifty quid discount. That was a, they, you know, they they suckered me in, and I've been <laughs> Apple all the way ever since. So yeah, no, I. That, it was the Mac Mini that sort of got really got me into Macs. Although I'd used them at school and college and whatever previously, mm. that my the first one that I bought myself was the Mac Mini G4, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, and it, since I got this M1, I just felt that same joy all over again. But fifteen yeah. years later, at least, it is brilliant. I, I know we're kind of we're going all over the place, but that's what's great about this podcast. But I, I love mine, my, my Mac Mini. I, I did a, a, an updated uh, review on it recently, and. Um, it's got problems, as we know, with Bluetooth. Although I don't think you've had the same issues as me, but I, it has been plagued with issues for, from my perspective. Um, but I've learned to live with them, and they're not—they're not. Those issues are completely dwarfed by how capable it is. And I think the fact that I now use mine solely for video editing—that's um, pretty much all it does now. Um, it's such a good and such a, an imp- a surprisingly impressive machine for that, given its price, that I can look past any of the, the shortcomings really. In terms of uh, like Macs and rumors, uh, the other thing which we haven't really talked about on this podcast is the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros, which again, that, that I think everyone's, everyone has just got fed up of the rumors of that. But we're getting now to the stage where autumn is not that far away or fall, sorry for our US listeners. Um, and that, yeah, they're, they're starting to pick up speed a little bit more. Are, are you interested in either of those laptops? So I'll give you, I'll give you a brief uh history of my mac laptop ownership so i my, the first mac laptop i owned 
although I'd used power books and stuff previously, the first one that I owned and I bought with my own money was a, a white MacBook. And I got that pretty much as soon as it came out. And when they came out, they had a core solo or something rubbish in it. Um, and a couple of years later, they brought out the Core 2 Duo, which was worth the upgrade. So I, so I got one of those. That did me a good three years. Then I got a maxed out 2012 MacBook Air. Although I was excited by the first few iterations of the MacBook Air, they were like 2,000 quid or something, weren't they? And they had that, mm. that sort of flap to get to the ports. And I don't know, it just kind of, it was too expensive. It didn't, didn't have enough power. It didn't really work for me. But around 2012... That, I think, is when the MacBook Air kind of became the standard Ultrabook. And I was going to America, and and around that time, the exchange rate was like $1.6 to the pound, maybe even a bit higher. So I could get a built-to-order, fully maxed-out MacBook Air for less than it would cost me to buy a base spec in the UK. So I did that. Well, I I probably... uh, just incriminated myself because I probably should have paid import duty or something when I came back and I didn't. So it's a long so time I, ago, Rob, don't worry. It's for, hopefully I'll get, yeah, hoping the tax man won't come after me for that. Um, but so in any case, I, I got a, a fully maxed out MacBook Air. That did me another three, no, it did me another sort of maybe four or five years. And I got a refurbished 2015 MacBook Air around the time that they launched the, the redesigned one with the touch bar and all of that nonsense because I was like, I'm not, I'm not down with that at all. So I got a refurb. Obviously, the, the, the Apple refurb store was full of unsold 2015 era, which for me, I think, is probably my favourite Mac I've ever had. I think that just it hit the right everything for me. The, the display was fantastic. The keyboard was world class. It, was, it never let me down at all. And I held on to that for as long as possible. And it did start showing its age. So when I saw the MacBook Pro 16, which seemed to solve all of the problems that previous MacBooks of that generation had had. So it had the magic keyboard, not the butterfly keys. Mm. Um, the battery life had like, you know, a, a whacking great 100 watt hour battery had a really nippy GPU and I got it because I saw there was a deal obviously me and my deals it was on um, John Lewis for like £2,149 this is the 2799 version with the i9 and yeah. one terabyte of storage and I got it and I was really disappointed with it. So I had the 2015 and I had the 2016 and it really didn't feel that much faster. Mm. I mean, it was marginally. But so in day-to-day use, it didn't feel much faster. If you did particular things, it absolutely chewed through it. And, you know, that's that's great. But I don't really do enough of that to justify having it. Um, but it annoyed me in a number of ways. So the when, looking at them side by side, the 2015 and the 16-inch the MacBook Pro, the response time on the display was noticeably lower such that if you got like a bright color against a dark background so like uh, you know the the circles at the top Mm. of every window in the top left if you looked at like the red circle and you moved the window around you could visibly see ghosting on the display and scrolling as well so the gray to gray response time was absolutely worse than in previous Mm. displays and it may be that they've got 
it might be a display lottery because you know in the, in the past that's been sometimes if you've got the lg panel it was better than the samsung or vice versa so it might maybe i just got unlucky but i couldn't really deal with it so i wanted to use it with my external monitor when pretty much whenever i plugged it into the external monitor the fans would ramp up um, and it would not drive my display at 100 hertz the 100 hertz that it is capable of doing so i couldn't get it to do the full refresh rate the fans would spin up so i basically i had the choice of either using the, the sort of frankly uncomfortable to look at built-in screen with the the ghosting or i could have the fans ramping up um and use it with my external display i had a number of other issues with it so anyways it was it was really not the leap forward that i was expecting versus the the 2015 um and then they announced the m1 and as soon as they did that i i sold it i got rid of it because i didn't like it anyway um and i thought well i need to get rid of this before everyone starts doing it and so i only lost about 300 quid on it yeah. which was fine for the amount of time that i owned it you know I, I would, you would have lost that anyway even if m1 hadn't happened so all this to say i got the m1 mac mini as a stopgap it was only ever really intended to tide me over until mm. whatever the m1 equivalent of the macbook pro 16 was going to be i've changed my mind I'm really. I couldn't be less interested in in whatever's coming. I'm. I, I. I. I say this now. I'll probably change my mind again when I see it and I see the the fluffy presentation and all the cool stuff that it can do. But my position currently, I'm not interested in whatever it is that they're going to show later this year or early next year or whatever. Um, because this M1 Mac Mini does everything that I needed to, and it is the least amount of money that I've spent. Whatever it is they've got to show me is going to be two and a half, three times better than what I have at the moment. So you know, my current setup is the M1 Mac Mini iPad Pro 2018 with Apple Pencil, the Magic Keyboard case. So that the iPad Pro covers my lap, my computing needs when away from the desk. And when I'm at the desk, I've got the M1 Mac Mini. And if I need to do something Mac-like on the iPad, I can remote into it using you know, yeah. screens or one of various other tools so yeah i i am i'm probably not going to get whatever they've got to show i'll i'll skip this generation and and see what happens the following year yeah it's it's an interesting one isn't it the, the only reason i'm interested in the the next 16 inch because a very similar story to yours I, I i bought the 16 inch not long after it was announced and um I didn't have though. I didn't have the issues with the screen. I didn't really notice those those problems. But then I didn't have anything to compare it against, really. To be fair, but um, the heat and the the fans and that 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 was frustrating because literally. I mean, I, I didn't use it with an external monitor, but as soon as you did anything even remotely intensive, you know, video or audio, immediately those fans kick in. And it, it, what surprised me that was that pretty much no other review that I read or watched mentioned that. Um, and it's genuinely a, a pain in the ass when you're using that, that laptop. So that was the biggest oh, the, gripe. The for battery me. life was comedic. Oh, it was. Well. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think it was it was maybe even worse than the you know three year old refurbed twenty fifteen MacBook Air that I not sorry the the twenty fifteen MacBook Pro hmm. which I as I bought I bought refurbed it, it had hundreds of cycles but i would still get five plus hours out of it i would struggle to get four to five out of the out of a brand new macbook pro 16 which is ludicrous yeah totally agree and that, that's part of the reason why i'm 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 marginally interested in, in in the in its successor because the one thing i do miss from that from not having that laptop is not being able to do 
video edits on the go. So as much as I love that Mac Mini, it is just behind me. I can't really take it to a coffee shop or, or downstairs. I could, but I'd look a bit odd. Um, so I, I, I do very much like the idea of getting back to having a mobile editing rig um that would be I mean, quite the, the, the editing is fine isn't it it's the it's the rendering that you would see the real benefit i i i, I haven't tried to edit 4k video on an mm. m1 but um it's it's not too bad is it that's great yeah it's no problem at all yeah like, like i said nothing it's, it's just the portability it's the inability to leave this this room go downstairs or like i say nip out and, and do some work out out on the road um i can't do anything video editing wise technically i could use the the uh, macbook air but that's the eight gig version and it works to a degree but it struggles a bit the screen's too small um I did like I liked the 16 inch size screen as well. That it was, it was nice to to, to edit on, um, yeah, in a mobile fashion. But that's pretty much the only reason I'm 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 interested in it. Um, 14 inch, not fussed about that at all, really. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do in September, October, whenever potentially these new machines arrive. Um, and also, again, how expensive they're gonna be because they, I wouldn't have thought they're gonna be particularly cheap. So Steam Deck. Again, this is over to you, really, Rob, because I've I've not done a huge amount of research on it. I think it looks pretty, pretty good, pretty pretty cool. But um, yeah, what what gets you excited about it? The fact that it is something new and exciting, and it's hmm. uh, it's 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 what the it's what the relaunched or you know it's what, it's what the new Switch should have been. So you know, Nintendo recently announced um, a new Switch model, and everyone was expecting it to have a bit more power, maybe you know, high resolution, high refresh rates when docked to your TV. No, they just put a, an OLED display in it. Yeah. So if you if you haven't got a Switch already, and that has prompted you to get one, brilliant. You're going to love it. You know, the battery life is going to be that much better. Um, and yeah, this the Switch itself and the software library is is superb but if you've already got a switch it's not very exciting so if you were hankering for some sort of new and exciting handheld gaming device well the new switch isn't it so then steam come along with this steam deck which is has got some crazy specs uh you know I've, I've seen it described as like a handheld ps5 and it, it's not that i mean it's, mm. it's it's got an amd apu in it which is you know technically the same sort of um gubbins but it's about half the power but that shouldn't matter because it's got a very low resolution screen i, f I forget what the resolution i think it's the 720p or something but it's uh it should be enough you should get a you know a a a decent triple a gaming experience yeah. on the go um so yeah for all intents and purposes it is a handheld pc that is primarily geared towards allowing you to play your Steam library when on the go. But you can also use it as a PC. Right, okay. That, that's one thing that passed me by. I, di I didn't realise that was the case. I thought it was purely a, a gaming machine. Yeah, the, the thing that, that intrigues me about the Steam Deck, the reason it's exciting, is because the kind of people that were looking for a new gaming on the go experience... We're all looking forward to the rumoured new Switch and all we got was an OLED display. And I'm not knocking it. If you've never had a Switch before, there's never been a better time to get one. But if you've already got a Switch, which is a 
I think it's the gold standard of portable gaming at the moment. Um, there's there's no point in in getting the OLED one. So then Valve announced this Steam Deck, which is something truly new and exciting. So it's got this AMD APU, which is essentially, you know, it, it's got like fifty percent of the power of a PS Five, which sounds rubbish until you factor in that it's only it's got a very low resolution display because it doesn't need to have a 4k display and a handheld device and it would be terrible for battery life and all that sort of thing so it's got an amount of power that is appropriate for the display that it has and to strike the right balance of portability battery life and performance um i mean it's got like it's got 16 gigs of ram and it's quad channel ram and when they first announced it they put in the specs that it was dual channel but it is actually quad channel which makes will make quite a bit of difference for that whole setup in terms of what developers will or you know what what the device will be able to do with that that hardware the other thing that kind of cropped up which i i hadn't heard of before i appreciate this has been a it's been kind of rumbling around for a little while is that is the play date the little thing from panic this little gadget with like a mechanical ratchet on it um, which just looks brilliant, I think. Um, again, very much a casual, <laughs> about as casual gamer as you can get. Um, but just such a cool little device. Well, yeah, so it's from Panic. And long-time Mac users will, will know about Panic. Um, they make one of the best um, FTP applications, Transmit. And there's a really interesting story about how they were approached by Apple for a meeting they didn't know what it was about but you know they had launched this mp3 player and this was pre-ipod pre-itunes um and unfortunately it clashed with another sort of opportunity that they were working on with aol so anyway, long story short they panic could have made itunes wow did but not they know lost that. out wow um and yeah can you imagine how uh how different things uh, might have been if, if we had the panic team. Arguably better. Yeah, because iTunes for years was diabolical, yeah, wasn't it? it Even was. up to the, the final release before it got turned into music. And music is, is still pretty bad. It's the least worst music player I think Apple have ever had, but it's uh, mm. it's still not... It's not uh, but actually quite an interesting thing is that Panic relaunched their MP3 player. It's called Audion. I think we should put a link in the in the notes to go yeah. and try it out. It's really cool and skinnable. It's basically it was basically Winamp for Mac. I so love Winamp. Do. There was a yeah, there was a, a you know a really big community of people making skins. It was a you know, hugely popular mm. application. And anecdotally, people seem to think that it sounded better than other MP3 players. And even Panic themselves don't know why that is. Um, or whether it's even true, but you know, they're happy to roll with it because people kept on paying for it. So, um, so yeah. So, so Panic have got a long history of uh, 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 anyone that's sort of followed the Mac scene for what would have heard of Panic, or um, or more recently, they were responsible for Untitled Goose Game. Which I don't know if you've heard of. I've not heard of it. Though. If you get a Switch, in fact, it's worth buying a Switch just to play Untitled Goose Game. Is one of wow. the best games I've played in the last decade. Wow. Okay. Um, it's 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 as fun and silly as the title suggests um you essentially play a horrible goose it's always I been a dream of fact, mine i think the, 
the tagline for the game is it's a beautiful day in the village and you are a horrible goose that's <laughs> that's the premise and you basically go around antagonizing an entire village so it's it's really really good fun um and they, they've also released in more recent years a, a very popular game called firewatch which i haven't played but I, i've only i've only heard good things about it so all this to say you're in good hands with Panic. They're typically, they make stuff that's really well thought out, really nice. Well, I, I've reached out to them. I, I've, I've cheekily asked for a, a review in it, which um, there's a chance that one might come, fingers crossed. But um, even if it did doesn't, they, I've, I'll probably pick one up. So have they, did they, have they responded? Or you they just, have, yeah. Just throw, oh. No, they have. And unlike a lot of companies, they're, they're quite organised. As, you, as you'd probably guess with Panic, they're quite organised with it. So there's a form you fill out to get yourself on the name. Uh, on the list, rather, I, I think from the sound, from what they're saying, they've got a lot of requests for this. Is there's a I lot of interest, have, yeah. as you can imagine, from from this side of the community. So, um, even if it doesn't happen, I'll probably end up picking one up anyway. I think because it, it just looks like such a cool little thing, um, and it will look good in B roll. That's that's the way I look at it. It just looked nice on the desk. Um, I, I think it will become an ubiquitous uh, YouTuber prop, won't yeah. it? Like the the, the light tubes. Light tubes. They? Yeah, they're, they're sort of phased out now, and they people have moved on from that. All the uh, the the the, uh, the sort of dot matrix clock thing that crops up a lot doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I miss so both those things. Well, the, the MKBHD Rubik's cube. You've got to have one of those if you're a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, you have. Obviously, I have. <laughs> I forgot about that. And the um, the obviously the plant, the kind of uh, that isn't well, fake. I've I mean, that's that a proper alive. plant though. It's, it's, it's got to be an IKEA fake plant. It does. It was from IKEA, but it's real. But um, no, I, I think um. Yeah, I, I love the look of it. I think I, I probably will pick one up in it regardless, but um, they're just such a cool little company. Well, little's probably not fair. Uh, a cool, um, long-standing citizen of the, of the Mac world. Well, really. like, no, they, they are. I mean, they're, they're, they are a cool, independent, mm. by choice, because you yeah. know, even after the, the whole situation where they they went with AOL, and that ultimately came to nothing, Yeah, um, they subsequently had a meeting with... Uh, with Steve Jobs, in actual fact. And he was like, right, sorry it didn't work out last time. You could have built iTunes. Never mind. We love what you're doing. Mm. Do you want to come and join us? And it's a, and they decided not to. And yeah. they forged their own path. And now we have things like Untitled Goose Game and Playdate. Which wouldn't and, exist if they'd gone, gone with Steve, would they? No. Um, so, yeah, they've still retained that sort of indie cool factor that they've, they've always had. I love that. Um, but what is interesting about this play date thing is it's not just uh, like you buy it and then there you go there, there's also this this notion of seasons of games yeah. so when you buy the device you you will get every week two new games for 12 weeks and that's season one of the games and i imagine that ongoing hmm. to um you know keep the revenue coming in you'll be able to purchase season two and season three and and so on and so forth um but yeah, if the games that they either have developed themselves or they've got other people to get involved because there's an SDK for it and stuff, and I imagine they'll be curating it, hmm. if all of the stuff that they're putting out is sort of largely up to panic standards, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that idea of delivering the games each week as well because it's one thing that can be a bit off-putting is if you get a device like that and it's got... 200 games on it because it's just too much whereas if they're gradually delivered to you you're probably more likely to try them out and 
avoid missing you've got, stuff that's great. You've got sort of got time to really appreciate and understand the mechanic because it's going to be all about the gameplay mechanics. It's got a, I forget what the resolution is. It's got the the screen is ludicrously low yeah. res, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's like yeah. you know one bit, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is deliberate, isn't it? Of course, I mean, it's it got is, an yeah. accelerometer in it. It's got the crank, um, and there'll, there'll be some accessories. There's like a desk dock isn't there yeah with a, a play date branded pen turns into a speaker it. doesn't it is it a speaker it turns and into? it's got yes yeah, yeah. a speaker so that looks very fun several years ago there was a gadget called little printer okay and it it reminded it, it had that sort of quirky coolness that the play date dock has it was just like a thermal printer and you could basically every day you you would get I do, you know what I'm talking about when I say a thermal oh, printer? Yeah. Remember, like yeah, the, yeah. Old, the, the old like ZX Spectrum printer? Yeah, absolutely. Had yep. the silver paper, and it would come out. Um, you essentially get like a receipt every day. So you would uh, you'd configure the software to go off and pull in feeds and information from various places, and then every morning you'd just tear off your receipt, and you'd have a little printout of like your calendar or the weather or the news or yes. whatever. It was just a, it was a really fun little thing. It never it never took off, but um, that's that's what it reminds me of and i hope that and i think with the they're, they're smart people at panic i think they yeah. have uh, figured out how this is going to be a more long-term thing and if it is um, so uh, yeah and if it is more long-term in, in theory uh, it will inspire others to do the same thing when it, we will hopefully see more of that sort of stuff because like that printer there's they're genuinely interesting products among all the normal stuff and smartphones and you know the other things we've talked about on this on this show. It's um, well, yeah. So that's the thing. So I mean, because we're I, I'm, I know I'm like old and grumpy and jaded, but I'm just bored. Like phones, they they're good enough. I'm, yep. I'm happy with with what I've got. I'm happy with my Mac. I'm not particularly excited about whatever's coming next because I can do everything hmm. I need to do already. Everything is good enough. So when you when these cool things come along, like the Play Date, like the Steam Deck. As a tech enthusiast, that gets me excited again. Yeah. So yeah. So more of that, please. Definitely. And, yeah, I, I I hope Nintendo have got something spectacular up their sleeve because people are tuning out, aren't they? It's kind they of, are like, a bit. Come on, can we have something genuinely new now? Yeah. But maybe I should get a switch to, just to kind of ease myself back into that world first before they hopefully launch something something even better. Yeah, I say it's worth getting a switch just for Untitled Goose Game. You will, we it had me crying with laughter. <laughs> that game is absolutely brilliant, and you can play it two player, so oh, you right, can okay. get the misses involved as well. She'd love that, <laughs> possibly. Um, right, Rob, we, we are going to leave it there because I am worried about this connection. But uh, awesome, good to good to chat. And uh, next time, uh, hopefully, you'll have your um, your MagSafe battery pack. And you yeah. Can, yeah, we'll see how it bitter and twisted as, as I am about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. All right, see ya.